So anyway, we're back with you. Sorry about the problems. Um, yeah. When you talk truth, uh, Satan does not want to hear the truth. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, we're casting that demon out, but always under attack that if we get knocked off 10 times, we'll come back 10 times, okay? So we're not going anywhere and just putting uh, the evil side on notice that you're not going to win this battle, okay? People are going to hear God's word, okay? Satan is the, fo the um, father of lies. You're absolutely right. Uh, thank you for being here. So <clears throat> I want to continue what I was saying. Is do we, do you know, do I know the real Jesus? You see, this is what the world is selling, smiles and happiness and this new transformational Bible. That's, the, that's in Last Evangelist, that's a story, but it's unfortunately, it's the real deal. This is what these, this apostate religious system is selling. They've made up their own Bible. You say, no, 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 they, they read from the King James, they read from the NIV. I don't care. When you stop, uh, when you take things out of context and you don't read certain scriptures and you, 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 you stick to the feel-good stuff, you have created your own Bible. Jesus is not going to put up with that. He is not putting up with it. This grace movement says you can do anything you want to do. Jesus was the opposite. First of all, the first account of Christ as he did his ministry, I believe as it started, he was a young boy, 11, 12 years old, 13, teenager maybe. They were looking for him. He said, why are you looking for me other places? I'm not at the carnival. I'm not on the ball field. I'm not hanging out with my friends. I am about my father's business. He was in the father's house at that time. That was the father's house, even though they had corrupted it. But he was studying the word. He was listening, speaking. He was about his father's business. What? What is his father's business? What is the father's business? The father's business is truth. It's not what you and I would like to have. It's not what we make up. It is the truth of God. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the only way. There is no other Jesus except the fake Jesus. But see, they want you to know, think that that's the real Jesus. But that's a fake Jesus. It's a lie. The Bible talks about that. Jesus knew, Matthew 24. He said, there'll be many. It'll come in my name. And they're coming. Oh, they're saying it is Jesus, born on, you know, 25th of December and, you know, resurrected on Sunday. I don't know, they pick some date. I don't know, May or something. What is that Easter? Is it April, right? Changes. It changes. I guess it depends on the Easter bunny when he feels like he wants to lay some eggs. Yeah, that's that apostate system. But Jesus said, how you will know me, I'm going to paraphrase, is you will obey me. <clears throat> not feel good, not, uh, you know, this, this, you have grace no matter what you do. Let me tell you something about grace. I believe that 
God shows grace more to prostitutes, pimps, drug dealers, people that know they're in sin, people that know they're separated from God, people that are miserable. I believe he shows more grace to those people than he does people going to church on Sunday morning that think they know God. And they know they don't know God, but they wanna stay in an apostate religious system because it feels good. And they're so accustomed to it. People don't wanna change. They hate change. We're creatures of habit. Give me something, feels good, I wanna stick with it. I don't wanna change God. But maybe God this morning is calling you to change. Maybe, maybe this is a pivotal point in your life. God's been speaking to you. He says, I want change and I want it now. And you know what? Tomorrow may never come. The rest of the day may never come. God's saying change right now. Jesus, as he got baptized, the second account, first it was in the synagogue about his father's business. The second, he got baptized. What did he say? He said, repent, repent. Here's the kingdom. Repent, change. He didn't get baptized and say, oh, I think I'm gonna cast out a demon. Oh, I think I'm gonna heal somebody. Oh, I think I'm just gonna preach or I'm gonna make you feel good. He said, repent, we must change our behavior. I have to, that's why we have an altar. Every day I've got to repent, say, God, forgive me. Forgive me of things I don't even know I'm doing. Just forgive me. Help me, God, be with me. I, I, I yearn for truth, I yearn for you. And folks, until you get to the point where you've got persecution, until you're feeling the bumps. If you're not having persecution, feeling the bumps, I question, where are you? Where are you in God's, God's system, not the religious system? See, the religious system feels no pain. They're on, uh, they're on spiritual morphine. They don't feel anything. Why? Because every day, every Sunday, go to church. Wednesday night, Bible study. Let's have a youth program Sunday night. Get out of here. God's done with that. He doesn't want any more of that. I'm, I'm putting, putting uh, these people on notice to do this without understanding the true God. Now, there are people that do it and they do seek God and they are hungry for God. But my question is, how can you stay in an apostate system if you're really hungry for God? Because I can't. I offend too many people. Don't put me in a church, Sinead, on Sunday morning. First of all, I go to these churches, I take my little phone with me in case I spot a demon or in case I spot some things because I'm gonna film them and expose them, okay? I was at a church in Vegas, a big Six Flags church, and the demons came and met me at the door. I saw them, they were like FBI agents. Mm -hmm. See, these demons, they're planted in these churches. Some of them are even Nephilim, I'm believing. I don't wanna go down that road right now, but they're a specific kind of demon. They're out to watch over uh, Satan's flock, okay? Because Satan has moved into most of these churches. They'll spot me from a distance. Now they have no power because I have the power of God in me. They have no power unless I forget that and I become fearful. But they still sit there and they watch, okay? But I don't care, I film anyway. Uh, you were gonna say something. Yeah, I mean, they're trying to intimidate, right? Like Satan's proud, like a roaring lion. Yeah, that's right. They invited me to the church and said, you gotta hear this sermon, David. I said, great, I'm gonna hear it. 
I wanna hear God's word. I wanna hear a message. I need to go to another level. So I go to the Six Flags Over Jesus Church. I was invited to. Guess who's preaching the sermon? Via video. Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers. It's a wonderful day in the neighborhood. I'm going, what? So here you had this liberal Methodist pastor turned child psychologist turned TV personality preaching this watered down, feel good, nothing, just apostate sermon. And the church had his big picture out there and they were waving palm leaves at this guy. Now, I don't know Mr. Rogers, besides he's gone anyway. I don't know where he's gone. I don't know if he's gone to heaven or hell. I have no idea. But I'm telling you that his nonsense, this watered down, I think it's Methodist religion, and to bring it into a church and pump it into the people, that's crazy. Yeah, somebody said literal Methodist. You know, I love Methodists, but I gotta tell you, they have gone crazy. They used to be loudmouth Methodists back when, you know, turn of the century. Now they're just insane. No, but there are good ones, Shanita. There's ones that still adhere to the word of God. They love God and they will take a stand. And that's why this church is being split. Exactly, yeah. Falling the wheat from the tares. Right. And God has done some miraculous things even in our own community, providing yeah. so that people who want to preserve the truth can step out and be free. Yes, yeah. yeah, but you know what? You're gonna have to do, listen to me, Methodist. You're gonna have to abandon, you may have to abandon your name, Methodist. Get the heck out of there. Let, let Methodists go down with the ship. Get rid of them, okay? No, David, I was born a Methodist. I need to go to a Methodist. I need a sign on my, get out of here. You don't need no sign. You need a sign from God. The sign from God is saying, flee, flee religion. Get rid of your denomination. If that denomination is not following God, and chances are it's not. Don't cling to some denomination because they're going straight to hell. Whew, did I say that? Okay, let's put it this way. Give me a denomination out there, folks, that's telling the truth. I want a denomination. Just give me one. Put it in chat. <laughs> give me a denomination. I want to hear it because then we'll start talking about it. All right. Uh, all right, here we go. We need to spend more time talking with God than people. Yeah, we need to spend more time on our knees talking to God than we do with talking to people. Don't go to someone seeking counseling and spend an hour and a half with a counselor and you spend 10 minutes with God. Let's switch it around. Spend an hour and a half with God and spend 10 minutes with someone who's counseling you. Because if you're on your knees for a, an hour and a half talking to God, he will send the right person along to, that he will speak through. See, the problem we have, I'm guilty of this, we need to run off to a life coach. We need to run off to a counselor. We need to run to our doctor to get professional uh, you know, advice. Let me tell you something. The only professional advice you and I need is from God. Because he's the healer. He's the great physician. He's the great counselor. We go to God first. And then God, if he sees fit, will send the right people. So spend more time with God this week than you do with people. Spend more time talking with God than you do with people. I'm going to write down how long I talk with people, and I'm going to write down how long I'm talking with God. And I need to be 
on track. Okay, it's just for me, all right? Proverbs 23, 9, do not speak to be heard by a fool, for he will despise the wisdom of your words. Folks, this is the problem. We're talking to too many people that don't deserve to hear our words. They're foolish people. Now, most of them are religious people because they think they know God and they don't think they need to hear anything. But then there's people that don't know God and they say they don't want to hear anything. But I find that not to be true. You know, on this set of last evangelists, we had atheists and agnostics and, you know, uh, transgender. We had all kinds of people on. And uh, they even agreed to pray with us at times. And Shanita, I think one of uh, the people in our ministry uh, actually led someone to Christ. Well, they didn't lead him. God used them to talk to him about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, according, I wasn't there, that she told him about Jesus and she was an atheist and she accepted Christ. And there was a change on her countenance and her demeanor. Yeah. It, it, it was almost like a tangible, a lifting, a brightening. It, yeah. It was beautiful to experience. Wow. And I think the irony of it is here we are in an Operation Paperclip replica. Yeah, we were, she needed the same, we were, she was saying we were filming in a, like an MK Ultra uh, set, because that's what uh, Last Evangelist episode two, it deals with mind control. Go ahead, Shanita. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, God can redeem someone anywhere. Right. It doesn't have to be in a church. Right. Exactly. So that was our church on the movie set, uh, on the set of Last Evangelist. All right. Here's, here's also this. Oh, when I say uh, the uh, don't speak uh, words to be heard by a fool, these are people that don't deserve to hear what you have to say. Now, we've been taught that we need to every door that we see open, we need to kick it down and go spread the gospel. That is absolutely not true. We do it based upon discernment. We do it based upon the guiding, the leading of the Holy Spirit. And that's been the problem with too many uh, Christians. So good, good-hearted Christians out there trying to preach the gospel and they beat people up inside the head that don't really know God. And then these people, they go, I don't want that God. That's, that, you know, that's weird, all right? Ask not what God can do for you. Ask, ask not what God can do for you, but what you can do for God. Stop asking God what he can do for you. That goes for me too. Instead, let's ask God, what, God, what can I do for you? What's my assignment? What can I do for you, God? See, if you're busy about God's business of what you can do for God, he will automatically do things for you. Do you understand? But we're constantly asking God to do stuff for us. Do you know that the gospel has not, I had somebody tell me, they said, David, Jesus is coming back soon. I said, well, what do you base that on? I personally think he is, but I wanted to ask him, where where do you? Well, because uh, the Bible says the gospel will be preached in all ends of the earth. I said, well, don't base it on that because we're way far away from Jesus coming back. He said, what? I said, the gospel hasn't been preached in all ends. Oh, we have the internet. And are you looking at Africa and Afghanistan? Get out of here. I'm talking about the true gospel. I'm talking about the truth. Well, what country is lacking? I said America in the Western world. The gospel has not been preached in America. 
A fake gospel has this gospel, but not the real gospel. So don't talk to me about Jesus coming back tomorrow because the gospel's been preached on all ends of the earth. It has not. It's been a fake, apostate, corrupt gospel preached through a corrupt system. Let's go to Mark 11, 20, 25. You guys get out your Bibles. <laughs> Mark 11, 20, 25. In the morning, as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. Jesus cursed a fig tree. And yes, God does curse people. And yes, we have the right as Christians to curse things because you have the power. See, we're taught as Christians, don't curse. We have every right in the world to curse things of Satan. Satan, I curse you. You're gone. You curse things. You, 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 you curse them and they wither and they die. Mm. That's what Jesus did. Now, you don't curse people. You curse the things that people do. You curse the sin. You curse the situation. You curse Satan. But why did he curse it? Well, he had just come from the synagogue and he found that they were selling God. They were selling his father. They turned his father's house into a den of thieves. They were selling doves and all kinds of stuff. And this is what the church is doing today. And yes, we sell DVDs and we have books, but folks, listen. Churches today, they have to keep their game going. They gotta keep those people putting money in the offering plate because they got, they got a million dollar uh, uh, expense. They got a million dollar building that they built and they don't need it. And I, tell, I told my wife, I said, you know what? All the churches in the world should just sell their buildings, take all the money, put it in one pot and build one giant building and all these churches can be under one roof they can all have their little whatever they do, and then they come out and mingle together, you know, and give the rest of the money to this ministry, to the poor, well, this ministry. <laughs> what I'm saying is put all the apostate people in one bucket so we can just say, here it is. Matter of fact, build an apostate city. Build a city that worships this fake God and get out of the other cities, leave us alone. Just build your own uh, area, build your own Babylon. That way we know where you are. If we wanna go there, we can go there. Nah, you've infiltrated all over the place. All right, anyway, remember, okay, verse 22. Well, first of all, Peter said, remember, he said, Rabbi, look, the, the, the tree you uh, cursed has withered. Now, verse 22, look, listen to what Jesus has to say. Oh, he didn't say, oh yeah, I know that, that tree. I remember it went. No, he didn't say that. He said, have faith in God. Jesus answered, 23, truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go and throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Folks, do you have a mountain? Is there something you're trying to cross? Have you been beating your head against the wall day after day saying, God, I'm trying to accomplish this. We're gonna talk about this mountain, but let me tell you why most people cannot get over this mountain. Why I had so many problems for so many years getting over mountains 
because I didn't understand what Jesus was talking about in the scripture. Jesus looked and he's talking about the power that you have, the, uh, the power that I have to curse and get rid of anything that stands in the way between you and God, you and your assignment, your mission. Ah, did I say mission? Did I say assignment? But do we have a mission? Yes, we all do have a mission. We all have an assignment, but do we know it? Maybe not. I wanna talk about that. If we know what it is, are we striving for it? Let me tell you something, folks. You will never move that mountain until your assignment is bigger than that mountain. Let me say that again. You will not move a mountain unless your desire to be on the other side of that mountain is greater than the resistance of that mountain. So you have an issue? You're trying to get over a mountain? What could that be, David? Could it be that you're, God's given you an assignment to go out and to preach, to get into a new job? And by the way, it doesn't have to be religious. It could be something that God's talking to you to do another occupation. But the work that you do, you do it for God. God's calling you to go to another place. He's calling you to come back to where you left. He's calling you to stay right where you are, but he's calling you, he's directing you, he's talking to you to do something now. Your assignment. It could be dealing with your family who's not saved or your family who thinks they're saved. That's your assignment. Until your assignment the passion of it, the desire to get to it is bigger than the resistance of that mountain, you will never move the mountain because you will have no need for faith. Why do you need faith? Why do I need faith if we don't have an assignment to get to and if we don't have any resistance to cause our faith to grow? Why do we need it? We don't. We can just be like everybody else and get up every day and do the same thing over and over again, expecting something different to happen. It's called spiritual insanity. We complain. Oh God, no, it's not changing. It's happening again every day. The question is, are you doing something different? Are you getting out of your comfort zone? Am I getting out of my comfort zone? Look, God is looking to do extraordinary things with ordinary people. Why? Because he wants to show his miracles. This last days, folks, there's gonna be lying signs and wonders. You can bet Satan's out there doing his deal, but God has something in store for you. It's a miracle, and when it happens, people will see it. It will be miraculous, and then people will come to God. Jesus said, you don't need to believe me. Believe the evidence. Believe what I have done. Believe the miracles. 
But how can there be a miracle if we don't step out of our comfort zone, out on faith and say, God, there's no chance in the world that this is going to be successful. There's no chance I can make it except for you. And then you watch God work. That's when the miracles happen. Twenty-two, twenty-three. have faith in God. If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what they, what they say, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe and you believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Do you understand what this says? Whatever you ask for in prayer, you believe you've received it. Not that you're going to receive it, that you have received it. So this morning, I'm going to ask you, what is your assignment? It may be to support this ministry, meaning to pray with us, to, to support us financially, to, to help us. And there's many people out there doing it. We have some prayer warriors and we have people that are helping with social media, helping with, with, uh, with graphics, uh, making phone calls. And without you, God couldn't do what God needs to do. And we're so appreciative, but we need Support, we need help, but that may not be what God's calling you to do. I'm talking about your assignment. It may be that you, God has given you a ministry. And by the way, we all have ministries, but it may be that God is telling you to go do something. What about your family? To go talk to your family, but ask God about it. Timing, right? Your assignment must be bigger than your mountain. Otherwise, your mountain will become your assignment. Your assignment must be bigger than your mountain, taller than your mountain, or your mountain will become your assignment. Let me explain to you what that means. You ever hear somebody get up in the morning and all they do is talk about their problems? All they do is talk about their mountain. Oh, I got this problem. Oh, I got this problem. Oh, I got this. It's all about the mountain. It's all about the problem. Stop with the problem. God has your problem. He knows your problem. He doesn't need for you to tell him day after day. Lord knows we don't need to hear it. And I got the same issues. I'll get up. I complain to my wife. So don't think I'm exempt. I'm not. I'm preaching to myself, okay? Let's stop with the problem, with the complaining. Let's focus on the assignment. Because when you focus on your ailment, when you focus on your, your lack of money, when you focus on, you know, you're, you're too old or, you know, you, you don't have enough talent or whatever it is, when you focus on that, that becomes your mountain. No, focus on what God's telling you to do. God's telling me to do last evangelist, to, to, that, that people all over the world will see it, to keep filming it, no matter if you have no money, money, whatever, doesn't matter. I'm focused on the assignment. I will not focus on lack of money. I will not focus on, you know, we don't have a big time television network or whatever. I will not focus on it. I will focus on the assignment God's given me and therefore it will be bigger than the mountain. All the mountains will go away. Same with you. You got an issue with your, pro with your family? Don't focus on that issue. You focus on the fact 
that God has commissioned you to go and spread the truth. You are an ambassador for God. You are his royalty. Don't you let anyone tell you that you're not worthy. Don't you. Don't you do it. And the religious people will be the first in line to tell you you are not worthy. Look at your past. Look what you've done. Don't you listen to that. God loves you. He's forgiven you. He's commissioned you. He's given you every right in the world to move forward and do what it is that needs to be done. Verse 25, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you. Let me tell you something, folks. The reason we're not getting prayers answered, the reason we're not able to get to our assignment, the reason we're not able to move mountains is because we have not forgiven. Oh, we talk a good talk. Yes, I forgive everyone. Yes, I'm just, but you know what? I had to search my heart. I haven't forgiven everyone. The other day I had to search my heart. I, I still held a grudge against somebody that I didn't even know was there. I said, God, forgive me. And then I had to ask God, forgive me for having bitterness toward people I don't even remember. It's in my subconscious. Wipe it out, God. Boy, you should have seen the difference. Like night and day. Your families hurt you. It's hard to forgive, I understand. But we have to. John 14, 11 through 14. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father, the Father's in me, or at least believe on the evidence. Here we go, folks. The works of themselves, the miracles. Truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater works. Jesus is saying, you don't need to believe in me, though I want you to, but believe in what I just did. The raising the dead, the casting out of demons, the healing, the preaching the truth. Believe on the works. That's why it's so important for you and I in these last days to be in tune with God, to stand there. Do not waver from truth. When we stand firm and we will not let the enemy of deception come and cause us to, to compromise, you watch the miracle that happens. God will perform such a major miracle in your life. Thank you. Thank you, Charlie. I like to think I'm preaching from the center of my heart. You know, I have such a, a, a hurt and a desire to tell God's truth. You know, God's character has just been so assassinated over the years. It breaks my heart. They've assassinated my father. They've assassinated your father's character. It's time that God's warriors stand up. Stand proud and be loud for the true things of God. John 14, uh, 13. He says, Jesus says, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Do you hear what that says? You can ask anything in my name, Jesus says. Why? Because the Father's going to be glorified. Folks, if we don't have an assignment, if we're not 
uh, moving toward it and we don't uh, move that mountain and we don't take risk and say, God, I'm here. I don't stand a chance, but, but I'm here waiting on you. If we don't do that, God can never be glorified because God's miracle can never be manifested. God has to take dire situations, hopeless situations, broken situations. He has to take those in order to manifest a miracle. He can't manifest miracles when things are, quote, picture perfect. Are you broken? Are you hurting? Do you feel like you're a misfit like I've felt? Do you feel lonely? Do you? Congratulations. You are a prime target. You're fertile ground for God's miracle. Congratulations, because without you, there can be no manifestation of miracles and God cannot be glorified. Do you think for a moment the Father is glorified by this garbage? He's disgusted. He can never be glorified. Look, they're glorifying themselves. They're their own God. I say them. This is a poster of last evangelist of how the government is selling a new Bible called Transformation Bible. And yes, they're doing it. No, they're not putting a name on it. They're just leaving out important parts of, of scripture. See, God's word is alive. It lives, it breathes. Satan's job is to kill God's word. Satan doesn't want God's word to live or breathe. He wants to get rid of it. He wants to bury it. Verse 14, you may ask anything in my name, I will do it. Folks, what do you want? You're going into God's restaurant. There's a menu. God is handing you that menu. He's saying, open it, point to what you want. Tell me what you want, I will do it. It's as simple as that. Yet, it is difficult. Why? Number one is we must understand that we must have an assignment from God. It must be bigger than the mountains in front of us. And we must understand that when we command that mountain to go into the sea and not return, that that mountain is gone and it cannot come back. This is a problem with so many people that are dealing with demons. They go for deliverance they get delivered, but then six months later, they come back to the same demons. And by the way, the scripture about uh, a demon returns and they see the house is empty and clean. He brings seven more. It's talking about religion. It's talking about religion. That's why religion is so rampant now. When I say religion, I mean apostate religion. But if you don't Tell a demon to go back to hell and not return. You command that demon. Then I guarantee you they're going to show up again, knocking at your door. Or they will anyway. But they won't have any strength. They have no power. You command it to be gone. You command that mountain to go into the sea. When Jesus commanded the demons to go into the pigs, the pigs went into the sea. They were gone. Drowned. Drowned. 
Jeremiah 33, 3, Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. If you're like me, folks, I've had to ask God to give me information to a question I don't even know to ask. I'm gonna say that again. I've had to go to God at times and say, God, would you give me an answer to a question that I'm not even capable of asking? Does that make sense? You know that you need to be somewhere. You know that you need God. You know that you need to get out of that ditch. You know you need deliverance, but you don't even know how to ask God. You don't have the right words. Jeremiah 33, three says, call to me. I'll answer you and I'll tell you great and unsearchable things you don't even know. You don't need to know, folks. You just need to do. What's the first thing? First thing is get on your knees. And that's what we're going to do right now. Get on our knees. If you can't physically go there, go there spiritually. Humble yourself before God. He'll honor that. Get on your knees. Get, go to your altar. You say, God, I'm sorry. I... I don't even know what I'm sorry for. I just know I'm sorry. Cleanse me. Make me a sanctuary. Pure and holy and tried and true. With thanksgiving, make me a living sanctuary for you. There's some of you out there that have been listening, saying, David, I'm, I'm not where I need to be with God. I, I need my assignment to be, to be more clear. There's some of you saying, David, I don't have an assignment. I wanna know, what is my assignment? Let me tell you something. God is here and God is listening and God is going to honor that, that plea. He's honoring it right now. Understand that you, are, you have already received it. Maybe you don't know it but you've received it in your heart. You see, when he called Abraham out, he didn't tell Abraham where he was going. He told Abraham what he was going to do, and Abraham obeyed. And that's the difference between this nonsense right here and what the true Jesus is, is that we obey his commands. Grace, yes, unto salvation, but not unto messing around every day and doing whatever we wanna do. No, it's grace unto salvation. It's grace day to day living as long as we turn to the truth. But we must obey. God is, is talking this morning to his people. He says time to obey. No matter what the resistance is, no matter what the political or social world says, you're to obey me. You're to stand on my word. You're to do what it is I ask you to do. And here comes the tears again. I don't know if we have any... Uh, Shanita's going to get the uh, the Kleenex. You know, it's so... And you can leave that open, thank you. We're going to do a song called I Love to Tell the Story. Folks, as we come into these last days, you're going to have to tell the story. 
you're going to have to stick to the truth of who God really is. Will you come under persecution? Yes, you will. I'm not gonna lie to you. Matthew 24, Jesus said it. But he also said that I will take care of you, that you are in the palm of my hand, no matter where you are, no matter what you do, if you'll just stick to the truth. I love to tell the story of unseen things above, of Jesus and His glory, of Jesus and His love. I love to tell the story because I know it's true, it satisfies my long, as nothing else can do. I love to tell the story, it'll be my theme and glory to tell the story of Jesus and his love when we're standing before the Father and we're in heaven will we look at him and say Father I told your story though there were many false prophets but I stood up for you I, when they assassinated your character I stood up and I said, I will not have my father's character assassinated anymore. I stood up, Father, and, and God saw that. Well done, good and faithful servant. I love to tell the story, and it's pleasant to repeat. Say it over and over again. What seems each time I tell it More wonderful and sweet I love to tell a story For some have never heard The message of salvation from God's own holy word. Everybody sing it. Yes, I love to tell the story. It'll be my theme and glory to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. I believe this morning that people are finding their assignment. Perhaps it's an assignment that God gave you when you were a teenager. He said, this is what I want you to do, but then life got in the way. And you forgot your dream, you forgot your passion. But this morning, God is reviving that. And just remember, you're never, ever too old. She needed to we have prayer requests this morning. We do. We have some testimonies. Oh, 
Cheryl is saying, I'm a big one. I do everything I can to bring God's truth to expose Satan's lies. I make a lot of people uncomfortable and upset. Darling says, I just asked the Father about forgiving people from my past, and he showed me I need to forgive a few. I'm forgiving as many as he shows. This is so powerful. Thank you. Kelly Jean says, if you're looking in the rearview mirror, you're not going to get very far. And then um, from Darlene, she says, I'm talking to people in the grocery store as I shop, and that allows me to pray for them and uplift Jesus. Wow, praise God. So we're praying for Kelly's sons in the military, for Steve, who's been one of our guests, and he is hospitalized and just lost everything in the fire. Oh. Diane has prayer for uh, herself, for physical, mental, financial. We're praying for you. If you've got a prayer request, I want you to... I want you to uh, chat it in, or you can email admin at david at davidhebner.com. And Shanita, you've got that computer on the desk. Folks, listen. We're going to do this song one more time. I, I don't want you to sing it if you don't mean it. I only want you to sing it if you mean it. And what does that mean? That you're willing to tell God's story, God's truth. I don't mean to go into church. I don't mean to have a Bible study. I'm talking about to stand up for the things of God when others won't. For perversion, for the assassination of babies. And that's just a few, but you know what I'm talking about. God's given you your own battleground. He's given you your own assignment. But He hasn't. He has not abandoned you. He's with you. He will never give you a vision without giving you the provision. I love to tell the story for those who know it best. Seems hungry and thirsting, their hunger and thirst. Oh, they hear it like the rest. And when in scenes of glory, I sing the new, new song. T'will be the old, old story that I have loved so long. I love to tell the story It'll be, Lord, it'll be my theme and glory When I'm with you To tell the old, old story Of Jesus and His love And what is the foundation of that old story? Father sent his only son, his only begotten son, the one he loved so much. And he watched him as he was spit on and as he was beaten and he was nailed to a cross for you and I so that you and I could live, so that you and I could be together right now, this time, in this place, in this space, in history. See, God knew that. He gave the thing most precious to him. So let me ask you a 
question. Are you willing to give the same to God? God's asking you right now if you'll give the rest of your life, if you'll be all in for Him, no matter the consequences. He's calling right now. You're saying, yes, I will, Father. God hears those words. He hears that confession of faith. If you've said that for the first time, your name is written in the book of life. You have eternal salvation. I want you to email me at admin at davidheavener.tv. Maybe you backslidden. He's saying, David, I need to come back. It's not where I want to be. I ask God to forgive me my sins. God has forgiven you. God loves you. I love to tell the story. Yes, it'll be my theme in glory to tell the old, old story of Jesus and in love, oh, oh, oh. oh, Jesus and His love. That love was put on a cross over 2,000 years ago. But that love didn't stop there. After they put Jesus in the tomb, they went back looking for him. They said, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Jesus went to the Father, and he offered his blood for you and I. And the same power that raised God, that raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you and I. And we have that power to defeat Satan, defeat the enemy, move that mountain. But only if we focus on our assignment. Thank you, God, for giving us the assignment this morning. I love you all. I appreciate you guys. I don't know if you like me, but you have to get a Kleenex out on uh, Sunday morning. Uh, I always say sorry about that. I always say, um, forgive me. I don't mean to start oozing liquids from my body, but when I come before God and I come before the throne, I'm broken, folks. I'm just broken. I'm broken. You see, God can't mend something if it's perfect. He doesn't need people who are well. There's no one to be healed. And by the way, there's no one well. He doesn't need people who can see because they already see. And by the way, there's no one who can see. They think they can, but they don't. He's looking for the broken. He's looking for people like us. And this morning he has found you and you found him. And I just praise God for that. If you would like to be part of this ministry, um, would you pray for us? That's the first thing I ask, if you'll pray for us. Um, would you consider becoming a monthly partner? Folks, in order to continue this, 
we need to uh, we need to get the word out and and I don't want to go into details but it just it costs to do that consider uh, if you don't have a place that you tie to consider this uh, you can go to davidhebner.tv forward slash give um, <clears throat> or you can uh, call 844-806-0006 and then also I need to tell you about lastevangelist.com you can go there you can donate to get our tv series going and then Shanita, if you want to hand me uh, <clears throat> these uh, books and the DVD right here. Oh, um, are you uh, doing these? Uh, yeah, right there. Okay. Uh, if you'll hand, if you'll, yeah, just hand me that right there. Um, there we go. Thank you. Um, so we have these two, and I know I talk about this um, a lot, but I just want to make sure there might be somebody that hasn't tuned in, folks. And if you haven't never tuned in, I always welcome the, op the opportunity. This end times eight hours of um, uh, of interviews on uh, things that you won't hear in church. I talk about the Illuminati, the one world religious system, the the one world government, um, <clears throat> uh, the fake miracles in these last days, and God's miracles in these last days. This is um, many many speakers on here. Um, Lisa Haven, L.A. Marzulli, Russ Dizdar, the late great. Uh, we talk about angels and demons and how they connect to this alien disclosure, which is going to come about. We have that, and we have the uh, DVD on Last Evangelist, Episode 1. Uh, please go to davidhebner.tv forward slash order or call 844-806-0006. And don't forget the new books uh, here that are out. Uh, please pick this up. And if you have read it or you don't have time to read it, give it to somebody else. It's How to Use Your True Power in These Last Days and My Life Story in Hollywood. Uh, Angels and Demons, Program Multiples, uh, astral projection. Folks, this stuff is real. I write about it. Um, you can text the word chosen to 91999. Uh, go to TV forward slash order. <clears throat> I love you guys. I appreciate you all. Um, Shanita, is there anything else before we sign off? more prayer requests and we'll cover those oh. Tuesday nights. Okay, well, go ahead. Let's let's do the prayer requests. What, what are they? For the Mississippi tornado victims, for Heather, for Michelle, for Mira, for Victoria, for Gloria. Okay, awesome. And I've got some uh, handwritten requests here, prayer requests. Uh, Abby, um, need protection for Abby, her father's saying she's 18 years old. She's in a bad situation. Father wants prayer for Abby. Um, Kaylee wants a prayer request uh, for God to open the eyes of her friends and other uh, people that her family uh so prayer request for family um please please pray for my cousin chris his wife passed away unexpectedly they have six children okay praying praying for her uh this is um uh uh faith once i would like um to talk about dreams and how to really get in the spirit praying uh, how she can be in the spirit. And I think this little gal is a young girl, so I'm impressed with that. Um, okay, anyway, if you guys have more prayer requests, uh, you can always uh, email them to uh, Carol, admin Amy. at davidhevener.tv. What was that? For Carol and for Angel. Carol and Angel, okay. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer as we close. Thank you, Lord, for being with us. Thank you for loving us. I pray for each and every person that's been here. 
that we could uh, minister to and could minister to us. And Father, most of all, I thank you for you being here. As each person goes about their day, you've heard the prayer requests. We're believing that because we believe in our heart that you will honor those requests. I'm praying for each and every person for wisdom and protection. And as we go about our day, let us, Lord, be focused on our assignment that the mountain will be moved and cast into the sea because you said it, you said it. In Jesus' name we pray. All right, I love you guys. I appreciate you all. Thanks for being with us and thanks for being patient. Uh, you'll see two versions on YouTube. The first one was about 10, 15 minutes long. And uh, I guess we'll call this part two, right, Shanita? Uh, we could do that. So I love you all and God bless you.